Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, as well as the Aaron Torres podcast. And, buddy, it's been too long. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, John. I kind of only heard a little bit of your kind of intro, but I will say, man, it, you know, this is it's a controversial take, but I like this week more than next week. And I love next week. It's not a next week sucks thing, but. I mean, to get, you know, the best teams playing three, four times in a week, um, you know, in conference, teams that know each other. I mean, you know, Arkansas, you know, just as an example, if if they were to play Auburn and beat Auburn and then face whomever, Kentucky or Tennessee in the final, I mean, that's a tougher road than they're going to face next week. So, uh, you know, at least for the first weekend. And so it's a really fun week. Obviously, today is kind of like the, the, the appetizer before the uh, before everything gets crazy tomorrow. But I love every second of it, man, and I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it. Which uh, conference do you feel like is the strongest right now? Uh, just kind of looking at the season as a whole, uh, what, what conference stands out to you? I mean, you know, it's tough. I I don't want to just say the SEC because I'm on in Fayetteville, but first of all, the the top four, I don't think there's any debate it's the SEC. I think top to bottom, I think the Big Ten is going to be really competitive. The problem with the SEC is, you know, once you get past that 5-6 game, there's just not a lot there. Um, and as a matter of fact, like I think some of the coaching stuff is probably more interesting than the games as as they are, you know, is is this – Conzo Martins last week, all that stuff. So probably the Big Ten, you know, their 8-9 game is between two teams basically fighting for an NCAA tournament bid, Michigan and Indiana. Um, you know, they're going to have some really good teams playing on kind of that quarterfinal or, excuse me, that, that opening day tomorrow. Like the SEC really doesn't have anybody that exciting except for maybe Florida and A&M. So, you know, I, I would probably say the Big Ten, you know, the Big 12 is okay. I think some of the teams are a little bit kind of uh, – uninteresting there and then of course the big east is always fun as well i think it's gonna be cool my alma mater uconn you know they're gonna bring a ton of fans to madison square garden first time they'll have fans back since uconn rejoined the big east so uh, you know i think once we get to saturday once we get to the, the semis if those top four in the sec end up all making it it's going to be an awesome 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 environment uh, unfortunately for the sec i think there's gonna be some bad basketball before that uh so i'll probably say some combination of probably the big east big 10 or sec and going back to the point you made about how you enjoy this week almost more than next week, we we were talking about it too. Where you know if you're here in Arkansas, we're, we know Arkansas is making the NCAA tournament no matter what happens. In fact, their seed's probably not going to change much, if at all, if they lose in the first game that they play in the SEC tournament. They're still going to be there. But to see like some of these conferences where the only way that they can get into the NCAA tournament is by winning their tournament, you almost just see that much more like passion and that much more. Uh, elation from these smaller schools and smaller conferences because listen like they know realistically they probably have no chance of winning a national championship especially when they go up against the big dogs but getting to go to the NCAA tournaments like the the biggest accomplishment they could have as a basketball program zero doubt man zero doubt and you know I was kind of flipping some games last night I was getting some stuff done so I wasn't able to watch all of them but like that South Dakota State, North Dakota State game, and I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I have a great feel for either team, but it was just a like a really competitive game and like really big time shot making, and it kind of, um, you know, that's kind of what the NCAA tournament brings out of some of these other teams, some of these you know Power Five, Power Six teams is the element of 
knowing that your season's over if you lose that game. And you could feel that in that game of like, both these teams know their season's on the line and, and nobody can stop anybody else and everybody's making plays. And so, no, that that's, that's one of the things that I love it too. And then, as you said, John, when you, you know, as you said, when, when you're in the lower levels, you have that desperation, but then you get to the upper levels and, you know, I understand that whether it's Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, whoever, they don't have the desperation of our season's over, but there's also like, I don't want to lose to those guys element of it too, where like, you know, Arkansas knows Auburn, knows Tennessee, knows LSU. They played them a million times and, and you just, there's like a pride that comes with it just because these are the teams that you play twice, sometimes three times a year. So that's what I think is so fun about this week is just the quality and competitiveness, especially once you get into Thursday and the really good teams start to play. Uh, it's just a really, really fun week, man. And, 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 you know, obviously college basketball has its flaws and its issues, but this is kind of one of those weeks where you're just like, yeah, but when the sport is rocking, the sport is really, really, really fun. Outside that top four in the SEC, and you mentioned how strong they are, top heavy and in, in that top four, is there a team in the SEC tournament that could possibly make a run outside that top four? It's a great question, Joe. You know, I, I don't really think so because the thing is, like, it's not like they're playing well, right? Like Alabama's awful. Like Alabama's awful. Like, it was, can we just? I know Arkansas lost to them. I'm sorry to put salt in a wound there. Alabama stinks. So, like, no, they're not going to make it. Like, like they're not going to make a run. LSU, Pinson's been back long enough now where it feels like if they were going to make a run, it, like, like if they had really, uh, you know, kind of returned a corner and were really trying to, like, it feels like it would have come out by now. I know they beat Alabama the other day. Um, and then, oh, by the way, I know we're going to talk about Will Wade, but, like, that, that's another element of it. You know, there's all kinds of weird Twitter reports about what his status is and stuff like that. So I just bring it up to say um, I don't really see that team. I mean, even Florida and A&M would have been an interesting game. But I just don't – I can't see them then going on and beating Auburn in the second round. I know Florida beat Auburn, but that was in Gainesville, last second, you know, heroics, whatever. So, to answer your question, Joe, I, I really don't. And I think part of it is really it's a testament to how good that top four was all season long. As I said, I think as it pertains to just the top four, I think there's zero doubt that it's the best top four of any conference in college basketball. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the whole Will Wade situation because we know this report came out – uh, just yesterday about the, the newest things that have been released and allegations stemming back to the uh, whole 2017 investigation, all this stuff. I read it, and I know you did too, Aaron. Like, I, we were talking about it. I was like, I just don't think that this is anything. If they didn't make a move, if nothing changed from just a few years ago when they had the dude on wiretap from the FBI, if they didn't fire him then, I just don't think that there's going to be anything significant enough to, to justify any other additional punishment or firing or anything like that. What do you make of this report, and do you think anything's going to happen from it? Well, the, so that that was my first reaction was, you know, you see this report, they get their notice of allegations, and, you know, that is like an important step in the process, but, the, but we didn't find out what was in the notice of allegations. So, I mean, until we know what is actually in that notice of allegations, what they're accused of, for people who don't follow the NCA process, essentially the notice of allegations is the NCA saying, this is what we believe you did. You have X amount of days to respond, and then we'll move on from there. And so yesterday, we didn't really learn anything. And then I was kind of annoyed because it felt like some of these media outlets just threw in quotes from all these documentaries from four or five years ago, just to kind of make the report seem more interesting. It's like, yeah, there's not, literally nothing new in this report. 
And so, one, there's that element of it. I don't think much changed yesterday. And then, two, it's what you said, John, is I think it's really interesting because obviously all of these cases have played out differently and everyone is a little bit different in its own way. But the one thing that I can say definitively is that within the LSU fan base, um, I just don't see any thirst from LSU fans or boosters or anybody. Now, the fans can't always speak for the administration, but I don't see any thirst for them to get rid of Will Wade. And so, you know, my reaction is kind of the same as yours, John, is it's not to say that something can't or won't happen or maybe the report is so bad that you don't feel like you can keep them. But a couple of things. I mean, one, to your point, he survived five years already. Um, now, they could fire him with cause and not have to pay him anything, which is which is kind of an interesting element of it. And it is worth noting the current AD was not the guy that hired him. But you stuck with him for five years. Um, and then on top of that, I would also say what's kind of interesting is kind of like the NIL world that we're in now. And this is something I've been saying for three years is like, so we're going to have all these reports come out. Oh, my goodness, all these guys got paid. And it's like, yeah, now everybody gets paid. Like, literally everyone is getting paid. And so, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be LSU's decision. But they could very easily say, yeah, like, we're not happy with this guy and the rules that he broke, um, you know, four or five, six years ago. But the rules have changed. And based under the new rules, um, you know, what he was doing is now what everybody else is doing. And we believe he's the best guy for the, for the job. And so the fans want him to stay. He's doing a good enough job. Like you can criticize the recruiting stuff, but like they're going to make the NCAA tournament this year. They made it last year. They were in line to make it in 2020. They obviously made it in 2019. So third straight NCAA tournament appearance. I'm kind of with you, John, is maybe the accusations are so bad where you just don't want to deal with the PR hit of, of keeping him. But I could also see the scenario where LSU's like, yeah, okay, he cheated, and it's called NIL now, so we're good, and he's staying. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting case to follow, and I think for all these uh, SEC fans, and I know we got a lot of them listening that are not LSU fans, I think this idea that this automatically, that, that the end is near, the walls are finally closing in on Will Wade, I don't really get that sense, to be perfectly honest. Aaron, you have a lot of knowledge on the Sean Miller situation at Arizona. How would you compare these two with Sean Miller and Will Wade? Well, it's a great question, Joe. Um, you know, what was interesting about Sean Miller is he didn't really get fired for the reasons that I think people thought that he got fired. Um, he basically, you know, was kind of on a, a, one of those five-year contracts like everybody is when all this stuff started. And then to John's point, it's been going on for five years. And so what ended up happening was the school and program kind of hit a crossroads this past, you know, about a year ago now where um, – you know, he had he had one year left on his contract, and we all know how college sports works. You can't really coach on a one-year contract. You can't really recruit. Um, it's hard It's hard to uh, build a program, especially in the transfer portal era, negative recruiting. And so Arizona just kind of made the case, like, look, we're down to one year. We can't extend you because we don't know what's going on. Um, and so we're going to have to let you go with one year, and we'll pay you whatever the, whatever it was as a buyout, $2 million, $3 million, whatever it was. Um, and so that was kind of the difference with that one. Uh, now, the program had stepped back a little bit, but obviously, first of all, last year they were good enough to make the tournament. It, 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 you know, like they, didn't, they weren't in the tournament because they self-imposed a ban, but they would have been in the tournament if they hadn't self-imposed. And so, you know, I don't know what they would have done if that contract situation hadn't really played out the way that it did. What I would say, though, is I do think that the fan base there was a little bit more divided of the program appears to be going in the wrong direction. 
um, on top of the program appearing to be going in the wrong direction. Um, you know, we think we can get somebody pretty good. Uh, and so there were a lot of variables there where I think LSU fans are realistic of like this guy, you know, and Arizona is obviously a program that we see what they're capable of a team that can win a national championship this year. I think most LSU fans are like, so we can keep this guy and everybody hates us, but we'll make the tournament every year. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll keep that guy. Yeah. Okay. We'll go to the NCAA tournament every year and be in the, you know, flirt with the top 25 and be relevant. And so that's the big difference was, you know, Arizona was kind of holding on by a thread and really frankly, to be blunt. And I like Sean, but like not really living up to their potential as a program. Whereas I think LSU is probably above where most people would think their, uh, you know, uh, trajectory as a program is. And so for that reason, that makes it a little bit different. And that's why I think, you know, LSU fans are going to fight. Now it doesn't ultimately matter. And like I said, depending on what the accusations are, what they are, found guilty of, uh, you know, Sean uh, Will Wade can be fired without being, without paying him a buyout. But at the same time, I think, I think if you polled LSU fans, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of them want him to stay. Yeah, out of curiosity, you mentioned Sean Miller. Do you think he gets another job? I feel like he should. I feel like he will, but you know, what's the status of him right now? Cause that's a guy I haven't heard from in a long time. Yeah, well, you know, he joined my podcast about a month ago, and he even said that they'll get Arizona's going to get their resolution by the end of the summer, and he wants to coach again. And he was kind of blunt about, I understand that it's an ongoing deal. Um, you know, if you kind of look at what he's accused of and what other people with similar accusations are accused of, it doesn't feel like it's going to be like a show cause, like he's going to have to sit out five years. It feels like he'll probably get a couple game suspension and whatever. Um, and so, uh, so I think that he feels confident that he will be able to get another job, but he's, he was also realistic that it might not be this year. Um, a couple things, you know, one, what I've said about him, I think people criticize him cause he never made a final four or whatever. I mean, the guys made seven sweet 16s and four elite eights, I believe is the number. And you start to, you know, like if Arizona fans are frustrated, okay, I get it. But you start to look at some of these jobs that are going to open, whether it's Georgia, maybe it's Missouri, um, maybe it's uh, Clemson. I don't know. I can't think of all the ones that are going to open up off the top of my head. Maybe Xavier, where he was at for years. Like you start to look at those jobs, and and yeah, like seven seven Sweet Sixteens and four Elite Eights might be disappointing at Arizona with no Final Fours. I think you guys know Missouri pretty well. I think they would sign up for that if if they had that opportunity. So. That's just an example. I do think somebody's going to go out there and get him. I do think the fact that Bruce Pearl, you know, basically just signed a lifetime contract makes it easier to hire Sean Miller. And I think NIL makes it easier to hire Sean Miller. It was funny because I was yesterday on the um, SEC channel on Sirius XM, not the SEC network, but SEC channel. And Aaron Murray, the former Georgia quarterback and obviously ESPN analyst now was hosting and Georgia's going to open up any day now, probably maybe by tomorrow, depending on what Georgia does tonight. And Aaron Murray was like, give me Patino. Like, I don't care. I'm just tired of, I'm just tired of losing to everybody. He's like, you know, if, if uh, you know, he kind of in envy almost was talking about Auburn having Bruce Pearl and LSU having Will Wade. And he's like, dude, like, you know, the game has changed. I don't want to speak for him. I'm just kind of, this was said on air. So I feel okay saying it. He's like, I'm just tired of losing to all these guys. I want somebody that when I walk in the gym, I feel like we have a chance to compete. And so I don't think it's going to be Rick Pitino. I don't know if it, Sean Miller would be a fit at, at Georgia. I'm just saying is like, I think most fan bases, especially now that we're officially in this NIL world, kind of say, 
okay, we'll pay. We'll do what we got to do. We just want to win. We just want to have fun. We're tired of getting our brains beat in all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's uh, kind of the funny thing of what's going to be happening with the SEC is we know that uh, Georgia's going to be open uh, more than likely. Missouri's a possibility. But, you know, it just seems like because of the money that's in the SEC, it's going to start turning into where it's, you know, Sean Miller. Like, what if Sean Miller went to Missouri and then Rick Pitino went to Georgia, some crazy like that. Like, oh my I, God. I don't know if we could handle it in this conference, man. I don't know if we could get to that point. Well, that's what, yeah, that was what uh, Murray and I were kind of talking about. Was like, I mean, can you just imagine Pitino in this league with all the personalities? Now, I don't think Pitino is coming, but I can see. Like, like, listen, the one thing I can say from having Sean Miller and you know, not not you know, nothing personal that I talked to him about, but it was on the podcast. Like, the guy wants to coach again, and I think he understands. Like. You know, I was at Arizona. I'm not getting, you know, uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, UCLA, and North Carolina are not calling me in my current situation. And so, you know, you get that guy at a discount. You get that guy on a rebound. I'm just saying, listen, if I Missouri's new AD, Desiree Reed-Francois, she just came from UNLV, have no idea if she has the thirst to make a move on Conzo Martin. Like, I just, I'd hire Sean Miller. Are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm going to get a guy that's – by the way, the other thing about him, too, and, and Pacino as well – like the guy likes to recruit, and that that I think is so important in the SEC now, where we see Eric Musselman bringing in two, maybe a third McDonald's All-American. Nate Oates has, I think, two McDonald's All-Americans coming in. Like it used to just be like, okay, whatever. Like you know, let's get to the tournament, and and you know, if you come into the SEC, you can maybe get into the tournament. Now you have guys that that like that that are X's and O's guys that also recruit, that also know the portal. And again, nobody has a better example of that than Eric Musselman. He's the complete package. And mm-hmm. you got to bring in a guy that's ready to work 365 days a year to build that basketball program into the best version of what it's going to be. If you're not willing to put in the work of Eric Musselman and John Calipari and Nate Oates, good luck. 